0: Welcome to the Niece's Nugs Podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to Niece's Nugs Podcast. Season two, episode one. We are kicking off the year with an epic adventure. Now, I know that I am biased, of course, but since this is my podcast, I get to be a little biased. For those of you that don't know, I am a University of Georgia grad. Stay with me here, friends. Stay with me here. I love the dogs. Last year, we had a magical run in football, but I did not go to Indianapolis for the championship game for a couple reasons. Ultimately, I didn't make the trip. I didn't want to go and see us lose again to Alabama. Too much scar tissue there. Didn't want to rip the wounds wide open, I, but I regretted not being there. So as this season unfolded, I honestly didn't think we had a team to repeat, but somehow we found our way into the national championship game. Once again, this podcast is not about football, so stay with me, but we're in the championship game, and I didn't think it was possible. I had a choice to make. Do I take a leap on adventure or sit by and let another opportunity go by? Friends, in life, I am learning that adventure is worth it. Sometimes you have to leap when safe, but you got to be willing to do it. So with a week to plan, I got to figure out how do I get from one coast to the other coast, get a plane ticket, get a game ticket, find a hotel, get back to work for the next day. Oh, we did it. It helps to have a supportive spouse. Both my wife and my friend's wife said, hey, you should go for it. So here's how it happened. And hopefully today on the podcast, there will be some nuggets of wisdom for you when you are planning a trip or need to make a last-minute trip happen. That's what today is about. How do you make a trip like this happen, and what are some of the things we actually did? Number one, when you're planning for epic trips or traveling, you have to prioritize and operate in the best order you can. So many times people talk about travel or talk about trips or talk about things, and they they don't make the main thing the main thing, and they get things out of priority, and it's hard to plan, and it's hard to operate that way. So for this trip, one week to go, nothing planned. The number one question people asked me was, do you have a game ticket? Now, I understand that for some events this is critical, but honestly, it wasn't my main concern. Of course, I was aware of the possible pricing But if you have facts and research related to an event, you can prepare and kind of monitor the situation. The initial sticker price was crazy. In fact, there's always an ebb and flow of economics and the prices ebb and flow as well. And when the game was first finalized to happen, the prices were crazy. But I knew the prices would probably drop. And as the week crept along, sure enough, the prices started to come down. So for me, the ticket was not the priority and people generally asked hey do you have a ticket do you have a hotel we did not have either until we actually got into town the priority for me in planning this trip went in this order number one i got a car you're like why would you get a car well wherever you end up you might need a car and prices can fluctuate too and as you get closer to the rental date typically those prices increase and a lot of times for these car rentals, you can find where there's no payment required, full cancellation of possibility. So I grab the car first because I can always cancel it. But if the prices go up, you have one. If the prices drop, you can rebook. So I grabbed a car in a couple different places to prepare for the possibility of getting on a plane and making my way out west. The second priority for me was the plane. Now, plane prices typically have fluctuations depending on how close you are to departure. Sometimes this changes, and there's, not always, there's always exceptions. But typically, uh, you want to think about plane prices in a 21, 14, 7-day window. If you're flying somewhere, it's best to get those plane prices before 21 days, before departure date, that's one price increase. Typically, there's another one at 14 days and another one within seven days. Uh, we didn't have that. And so I'm trying to look at uh, within a week of flying, your options are kind of limited. So number two was I got to figure out this plane thing because if I can't find the plane, then I just go back and cancel the car and we're okay. So that's kind of the priority level. Number three was experiences. When planning a trip like this, where do you want to do, go and what do you want to do wherever you are? And so you think about, okay, well, if I fly here, what can I do here? And what can I do in the time? And what experience do I want to have? And so that was kind of the third thing. Then the fourth priority for me was the hotel. Once I had the plane booked, once I had the car booked, once I was thinking about experiences, then it depends on where you are based on one, two, and three. And then there's a sweet spot to book that hotel. And so that's when... The priority lines up for me. And then number five, honestly, for me, the, the priority was the ticket to the game. This might sound crazy to most people, but I just had confidence that we would be able to find a ticket at a lower price than what most people were paying, and that we would be able to find one prior to game time. And so that was my priority. And planning a trip, sometimes you just have to lay out your priority. And what ends up happening for most people is they get those priorities out of line, and it ends up not necessarily costing them more, although it could, it just ends up being a harder trip to plan because the priority is not laid out. Number two is this when doing and planning for trips and traveling, you have to remain flexible and open to possibilities if you want the most possibilities and the most affordability. So, for example, uh, I had a car booked, I booked a car in Los Angeles. I actually booked a car in Vegas one way because I looked at a lot of options, and there was an option to fly into Los Angeles, an option to fly in Las Vegas, there was options to fly in several airports in Los Angeles, and so I looked at a lot of options. I looked on Costco travel. Uh, we have a corporate account with Enterprise. I looked on Priceline for the car, although Priceline's not my favorite because of the cancellation policies. Typically, when you book on Priceline, Um, there's some sort of cancellation policy that you have to be aware of. Uh, So I looked on those just to kind of compare the prices, grab the cheapest possible one. Like I said, I could always cancel it. uh, And then I was good. So you remain flexible. Uh, You're not necessarily tied into one rental car um, uh, company. Uh, Maybe not Tied into sometimes you can book it, get it at the airport, or maybe it's even cheaper if you get off the airport and go to a car rental that's in the community rather than the airport, which is actually what I did uh, for one of my rentals as well. Uh, And so there's some flexibilities, remain open to possibilities. Now, as far as the plane, this is big. Most people, when they plan a trip, they think about I am flying from this city to this city, and they don't expand the radius, the circumference or the, the, the area, that they can fly out of. Now you figure out your options, and I draw a wide circle. So for me, in Myrtle Beach, I, I look at a lot of departure airports because the way airline pricing works is crazy, just to be completely honest. And it could be cheaper out of one city than another, much cheaper. Now some people have money and they're not worried about it and they're willing to fly from one city to the other. Sometimes though, you, you have to kind of be flexible. So I look at, I'm in Myrtle Beach, obviously, so I look at Myrtle Beach. Uh, I look at Wilmington. It's about an hour and 10-minute drive north to the airport there. I look at Charleston. Charleston's a decent-sized airport, about a two-hour drive to the south. I look at Florence, a very small airport, about an hour and a half drive inland. I even look at Columbia. I look at Charlotte. I look at Fayetteville. I look at Raleigh-Durham. I don't always look at all those big circle ones when I'm going on a smaller trip because that drive is a lot longer. But ultimately, if I'm going across the country, I want to figure out where the best option is. And then as far as arrival airports, man, I was looking at LAX. I was looking at Santa Ana. I was looking at Burbank. I was looking at Ontario. I was looking at San Diego. Those are all California airports within a two-hour drive of L.A. And then I'm also, I looked at Las Vegas. And so I'm looking at different things. I'm using my website called skiplagged.com to see the cheapest one-way. I'm looking at the Matrix website that I featured in season one, checking different airlines. I'm checking everything to see what the best price is. I even went and checked on Spirit pricing at the airport, and at the end of the day, I was able to use Delta Miles, right? I was going to use a companion fare if somebody traveled with me from the same airport, but I was able to use Delta Miles and go from one airport to another and out of another to a home, and ultimately, all I had to pay was $12 in taxes for the entire trip unbelievable, because I was able to use miles, not a ton of miles, and so for this trip, I actually used four different airports, which is kind of crazy, but for me, made the most sense for me. I was able to use minimal miles, get the flight for basically free for less than four days before departure. Now, I flew out of Charleston. I don't live in Charleston, so I had to drive down to Charleston, so what I had to do was get a one-way rental. I played a, a rental car, played around with this and sometimes when you're doing this, it's not cheapest to get a one-way rental from airport to airport. And so if I had gone in and out of Charleston, I would have had to pay for parking. But worse, when I came back in Charleston, I would have had to drive two hours home after a red-eye flight and go straight to work. And so I wasn't really interested in that. So I'm thinking, how do I get to Charleston without somebody making me drive down there? I got a one-way rental for dirt cheap and rented it at a local um, car, deal, a car rental place and dropped it off at the airport. Unbelievable option, was able to fly out of Charleston, fly into Atlanta, Atlanta to Las Vegas, and then had another rental there because we wanted to go on this kind of epic road trip as well to get to Los Angeles, and then fly out of Los Angeles immediately after the game, fly back to uh, Myrtle Beach with one stop. It was awesome. Now, I flew Delta because I have Delta miles. The biggest benefit to being a Delta loyal member and having some sort of status, if you will, through a credit card or otherwise, is those free upgrades for loyalty. Within minutes of me booking the flight, I was already able to get comfort plus seats on all of my flight segments, and I even was upgraded to twice on two different segments to first class. And those Delta flights, man, they were on time, they provided snacks. You get actually better snacks if you sit in Comfort Plus or first class. Um, obviously, you get drinks. There's, uh, You can go to the lounge in Atlanta, which we'll talk about on another um, episode. But just incredible opportunities. So for me, remain flexible. And by remaining flexible, I was able to get a rental car and a, car and a uh, flight for super cheap. Now, let's talk about experiences. Once you have the idea of flights, what do you do and what do you want to do? There's plenty to do, and so be open. So what we did when I was planning was I drew a big circle around Las Vegas and Los Angeles and said, where do I want to go within this circle with the time that I have? And so we were, I considered Death Valley National Park. I considered Joshua Tree. I did some searching on top 10 things to see between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, and there's all kinds of different opportunities. But for me and uh, my friend who traveled with me, we wanted to go to Death Valley. Death Valley is a terrible place to go in the summer when it's 120 degrees, but a fantastic place to go in January when the weather's more like 70 degrees. And so we took off, we flew into Las Vegas, stayed in a hotel, and then we took off and went through drove through Death Valley. It's about a two-hour drive from Las Vegas. You start by coming up to Zabriskie Point, which is just this beautiful place. It feels like you're on Mars. It's unbelievable, the the land structures and the different things happening. Then we drove around to Artist Palette. and has these different mineral deposits on the side of the mountain, colorful. And then we made our way down to Badwater Basin, which is the lowest spot in the United States. It's 240-something feet below sea level. It's a big salt flat, if you will, so you're able to walk out onto the salt flat and just be out in the middle there. You can imagine how hot it is uh, in the, in the summertime, as you're walking back to the car, you look up above you and there's a sign that says sea level. And you realize how low below sea level you actually are. Got back in the car and then we continue to make our way through the park and you end up on these mesquite sand dunes, which if you have time are unbelievable. Uh, we hiked through them. We, we took our shoes off. The sand didn't stick to our feet. It's easier to walk around without getting sand everywhere. And you kind of just make your way past all these sand dunes, um, While you can when the weather's nice. And so we spent about an hour there doing different things. And then if you have time when you're leaving the park, you can take a certain way um, to go to kind of Lone Peak area where you're able to see the backside of Mount Whitney. Uh, For us, we kind of made our way to Los Angeles at that point in time. And what was important for us was to do non-touristy stuff stuff, once we got in Los Angeles. I've been to Los Angeles many times, so I kind of knew the area a little bit. And so when we rolled into town, we went to dinner at Grand Central Market. For those of you that don't know, Grand Central Market in downtown Los Angeles uh, is an open-air market. It used to actually be where they would sell sell goods. They still have some vendors downstairs that sell those goods uh, and some groceries and things like that, some fresh products. Now the top floor is mainly uh, local restaurants in there, and so you're able to kind of choose between different cuisines, all kinds of different cuisines, uh, Honduran cuisine. Um, they've got uh, Thai food. They've got Chinese food. They have Mexican food. Um, they have uh, a chicken restaurant. They've got all kinds of barbecue. Right? They've got all these places there, a great place to grab food and then top it off with a place called the Donut Man, uh, know the Donut Man at Myrtle Beach, so comparing it with the Donut Man uh, in Los Angeles, not corporate chains, these are individual spots. Uh, and so then we went to our hotel. Uh, which I'll talk about in just a second. The next day we got up, we went to Manhattan Beach, which is uh, a lot of people go to Santa Monica and Malibu and those areas. There's nothing wrong with those. It's a little touristy on some levels. But Manhattan Beach is kind of a sweet spot that I like. It's just south of the airport, very, very close. Um, it's the home of beach volleyball, uh, but it's also a great place for surfers. Uh, and so we saw some people surfing, some, some great waves that morning. There was a storm coming in. Uh, so people were out surfing, we did a little walk, uh, just a great, great place to hang out. Uh, and then we went, uh, actually before we even hit that up, we went to Randy's Donuts. If you're in the area, you've got to hit up Randy's Donuts. The outside exterior of Randy's is featured in several movies and shows and things. Uh, you would recognize it immediately, but great, great donut spot. Uh, and then after the beach, uh, we, went to, we had lunch at a place called the Ramen Spot. Uh, we were going to go to this Thai restaurant, but they were still doing dine in only. We wanted, or di- uh, takeout only. We wanted to dine in. Uh, So we ended up at a place called the Ramen Spot, which was excellent as well. Uh, As far as hotel, it's time to book your hotel when you know where you're going to be when you're going to be there. Then you get that hotel. And so you look at different places. I was looking at Priceline. I was looking at Costco Travel. I looked at specific hotel apps and things like that. And ultimately, you kind of get your idea of where – the price should fall, and sometimes they drop, and you just kind of keep your uh, monitor on it. Now, the Vegas Hotel didn't matter as much because um, we weren't there that long, but that night, the prices were actually higher than they were any other night. There was a Raiders game in town. There was all kinds of sporting events. There was a hockey game, uh, and so I think that played into the fact that a lot of the hotels were charging more. So ultimately, but we just needed a place to stay that was clean, so we grabbed a spot like that. Uh, for the Los Angeles Hotel, it was important for us. Uh, we were going to be there for one night, but we wanted to be somewhere near the airport close to the stadium because after the game, we were both taking a red-eye flight back, and so we needed to leave the stadium and go by the hotel because we were leaving our, our bags at the hotel because so, you can't take them into the game. So it was a great middle spot where we could drop off our bags, check them, they would hold on to them for us, and then we could come back there on the way to the airport. Uh, And so we were able to find uh, a great, great uh, deal on that. And the reason we were ultimately is because um, we were flexible and waited even till uh, we were actually eating dinner in LA when we booked that hotel. I'll talk about that in just a second. And as far as the ticket, just get in, man. We 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 were patient. We watched online sites. They kept dropping. Um, There was you can buy it at the stadium. You can, there's a balance you've got to figure out. In today's age, tickets are moving more electronically, and so you have to kind of be aware of the possibilities of somebody scamming you. Uh, and so it's, it's good if you need a, a assurance and insurance of what's going on to book it from one of these sites that has approvals to make sure that the ticket is legit. Uh, but ultimately, um, you, you just have to remain flexible uh, and be open to possibilities. The, the next thing I want to say is this. When traveling... You have to try to balance patience with decisiveness. There is a time to be patient, and there's a time to execute. There's a fine balance between being patient and and executing or pulling the trigger when it's necessary. And sometimes you hit it, and other times you don't. But when you do, it is certainly sweet. Now, when I travel alone, when it's just me, it's easier for me to risk it because it's just me paying the consequences. But when I travel with someone else or a group, I have to be cautious of their willingness to risk it. Now, on this trip, it was a good balance. And other times, I would have liked to risk it a little more. So for hotels, uh, when we were communicating, we didn't have hotels. We were on our way to Vegas. Um, My travel partner wanted to go ahead and grab a hotel. I said, look, if you want to go and grab a hotel, he grabbed one using some points in Vegas. Ultimately, we stayed at the Excalibur. Uh, It's a bare-bones hotel. Uh, It's older, uh, but ultimately, it served its purpose, but it's definitely not uh, nice and luxurious, and I wouldn't recommend it for a couple going out on a trip, Uh, but as far as just staying a place, it was fine, Uh, but ultimately, uh, there were some places on Priceline that we probably could have got for the same price or same idea uh, that might have been a little better. Now, as far as Los Angeles, uh, I continue to watch Prices, and I had this circle around Los Angeles airport and the important things were uh, it needed to have a free shuttle to the airport because after the game we had to get to the airport and I didn't really want to uber there Uh, and then also um, it needed to be affordable and then when I first started looking at prices man it was crazy different things happening but then they started dropping as it got closer and closer and closer and then when I'm in Los Angeles it pops up on Priceline that there's a hotel that's right it's a Hilton hotel Right near the airport, and the price is amazing. So I go on a Priceline. I try to book it, but ultimately it doesn't work uh, because uh, some things were happening. So then I pull up the Hotwire app, another line like another app like Priceline, and I pull up Hotwire. And the first hotel is a mystery hotel that pops up that actually is the exact same hotel as the one I'm looking at. And the reason I knew that was because it had a rating. So in these mystery hotels, it has a rating and reviews, and those matched exactly what their, that hotel was. And so I booked this mystery hotel knowing that it was probably that hotel. Sur- sure enough, got it for about a third of the price of what it was going for and had an incredible, we just nailed it. Uh, now, as far as the ticket goes, man, this was a little different. Uh, we, we, it was a win for us based on the format that we did. We bought the tickets the night before the game, wanted to make sure we had them. Uh, and ultimately, when we bought them, they were at the lowest possible point on these sites. Um, I personally, if it was just me, I would have shown up to the stadium and tried to negotiate my way in buying a ticket last minute. Uh, but obviously, uh, we, sometimes you have to know that balance. And so we, we got it when we did. And in fact, as soon as we bought the tickets within an hour, the prices started jumping back up. So we actually bought them at the lowest possible time we could have uh, without even knowing that. And the last thing I want to say is this. When traveling, you have to be open to adventure and to the experience. Listen, things happen. You have to embrace and overcome. No matter where you're at, things are going to happen. We didn't get the rental car uh, class that we wanted to leaving Las Vegas, but ultimately we, we worked with what we had. Uh, in Los Angeles, torrential rains leading to floods and different things like that. We're leaving the stadium. Ubers are costing too much, way too much, and way too long to wait. The bus is running behind. And so ultimately we decided to run back to the hotel through flooded streets and get our way back. We, we were kind of making our decision as we went. End up being about a three-mile run, three-mile walk back to the hotel. We caught the shuttle and we're both soaked. Uh, caught the shuttle back to the airport at the hotel, both soaked, <laughs> going to the bathroom and change, caught a red eye, got back to work. But ultimately, you have to be open to adventure and to the experience and embrace and overcome whatever happens. It was an awesome, awesome trip. Absolutely awesome. Did everything go as planned? No, no, not at all. But it was an awesome trip. Are you willing to take adventurous trip friends what's holding you back it's time to say yes where's your next adventure thanks for joining me season two episode one nieces nugs podcast can't wait to see you again